Hello, friends. Thank you for engaging with The Homily by Pastor Chill Will from Chapel Hill. I hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and moves you to go deeper in your faith and enrich how you love God and love your neighbor in your day-to-day life. Just a reminder, like the scriptures and gospels themselves, this homily was written for a particular community in a particular context and time and history. And yet, like our sacred texts, I hope that these words hold timeless truths about God's unconditional love and grace. We hope these words speak to you in a meaningful way. God draws near and the gospel comes to us in our midst from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Cornelius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a child and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was in a department store way back in November, and I heard the hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, surprisingly hearing it over the loudspeaker. And then, of course, I felt myself being judgy that they were playing Christmas music already. But then I heard this verse. Yet in they dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. That stopped me in my tracks. 
hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. I needed to hear that not just on Christmas Eve, but also in November. My soul deeply resonates and still resonates with that poetic verse. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Christmas invites both our fears and our hopes to hang out together in the same room. Perhaps they can have some eggnog together, share a conversation to get to know each other a little better, maybe become friends, partners in life. Fear perhaps would speak up in that room that it's not lost on him and it's not lost on me of what's happening and going on in the space and land where Jesus was born that very night. Violence and war, reality. Hope listens, and while it doesn't have any answers or solutions, it does remind him and us that it doesn't have to be that way, that there are people lifting their voice for justice and peace, and that the human story isn't over yet, and violence and war will not have the last word in our finality. Fear points out of what's going on in creation and in our environmental crisis and wonders if it's too late. Hope then points out that Earth is a relatively small marble in the grand scale of the universe, and while we should take our environment and the ecological systems seriously, we can at times consider the heavens and the stars and the galaxies, see ourselves as a part of something larger. Fear speaks up and shares, okay, while we're on that subject, there are times when I look at the vastness and age of the universe and it's hard not to feel small and insignificant. Hope begins to reflect on quantum physics and particle physics and how over the last few decades we've discovered that as vast and large as a universe is, so it is with particle and the quantum realm, with how small things can go, perhaps in the infinite smallness and the infinite vastness of our universe, humans are right there in the middle. Sure, the conversation between fear and hope can get heated or tense, but they could also support one another. Our reality of fear and hope is the world that God chose to be born into. The magic of Christmas is that God is open and willing to have the divine story entangled with all of our fears, all of our hopes. Christmas gives us a snapshot, a confirmation of God's solidarity in response to our world. This evening, we hear again the story of Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem as partners, going about the business of life. It's far from a glorious or Instagrammable life. It's a life weighed down with requirements and obligations, expectations and judgments, the fear of exposure. And when their road finally gets to where they need to be or expected to be, they discover a world not making any room for them. 
They are pushed to the margins. Yet even in that reality, that is where God chose to show up and where God fulfills God's promises. While it seems like no one notices God or what God is up to, Mary treasures and ponders all these things in her heart. Shift the scene. Luke then takes us outside of town, out in the fields, out in the open air, underneath the stars, and perhaps many a times these unnamed shepherds have looked up at the stars and marveled at the universe. Perhaps they questioned their existence in it. Most likely they've done both. These unnamed shepherds, they were minding their own business, doing their daily routines. They were already out in the margins, yet that is where God chose to show up in a way that was least expected. So does God announce this good news of Christ, a word of hope to the mighty and the powerful, to the rich or the influencer? Though rather the divine messengers show up to those who are on the margins, outcasts those who some consider unclean and unworthy. The divine messengers come with a word of hope. Hey, y'all, guess what happened in O little town of Bethlehem? They were terrified. Of course they were. And I'm glad that the Bible was very open and honest about this. Life and faith can be very terrifying. But did you notice the first thing that the angel said to the shepherds? Do not be afraid. Fear not. There is something deeper going on in the world and the universe, and they and you and me were invited to be a part of it. I'm sure the fear and the anxiety and the skepticism didn't magically go away, but with their questions and curiosity, they go to investigate. Often questions and curiosity open up new worlds and new opportunities, new possibilities. So they too take a road and journey to Bethlehem, to a town that literally means house of bread. I'll confess that when I look at the size and age of the universe, when I look at the size of the world's problems, I too wrestle with the age-old questions, does it matter? Do I matter? And yet when my fears and hopes and my questions and curiosity get a hold of me, that is what leads me back to Bethlehem. It leads me again to this town that means house of bread to Mary and Joseph, and I travel with the shepherds. And I'm reminded again that there is an ongoing story and theme in the scriptures of God continuously identifying with the small, with the imperfect, with the oppressed, the exile, the refugee, the lowly, and that which seems insignificant. God constantly identifies with the small, the weak, and the vulnerable. Then he, here comes Jesus later on in life using images of lost coins and lost sheep and small plants and small seeds as example of the nearness of God and the heart of God, mystery of faith. And now specifically at Christmas, we see that God chooses to become small and vulnerable and unnoticed the birth of Christ. The mighty, transcendent, divine creator enters into the realm of time and space, putting on flesh and blood for the sake of all creation, the entire cosmos, 
baby in a manger on the margins, God working through the unassuming and the ordinary. Waters of baptism, bread and wine, you and me, God working through the unassuming, ordinary. And so if matter in the physical world and the cosmos matters to God, then your matter matters. We often reduce the Christian faith and and Christianity into an escape from this world, but in reality, it grounds us deeper into it. All this matters. Christmas matters because it reveals a God who fully understands what it means to be human. Because God likes matter, the physical universe, water, bread, wine, you, me, your matter matters. You are not alone. You matter. All of your fears and your hopes matters to God. You are loved by an eternal love that is willing to become flesh and blood with us, for us. A couple weeks ago, I did a rewatch of the 1965 Charlie Brown Christmas special. Of course, most of our Christmas movies and shows ask the question, what's the meaning of Christmas? They all answer that question in different kinds of ways. The Charlie Brown Christmas special is pretty open and on the nose of what Charles Schultz believes Christmas is all about. But I noticed something this different this go-around. I think it was poured out to me before, uh, but, but I didn't really make the connection until I paid close attention this go-around. Okay, most of you have probably seen the Charlie Brown Christmas special. If you haven't, tonight or sometime between the 12 days of Christmas, you need to rewatch it. But the plot is pretty simple. Charlie Brown is down in blue and just not feeling the Christmas spirit and is walking around asking a number of times, good grief, what's the meaning of Christmas? At one point, he goes to Lucy's advice booth, pays a nickel, and she starts listing the list of phobias and fears that uh, he may have using words that I don't even know how to pronounce. Charlie shakes them all off and takes her advice that perhaps he should get just more busy and direct the Christmas play. Well, we know how Christmas plays go at time, right? At the Christmas play, of course, there's all kinds of drama and chaos. And in his frustration, at one point, Charlie Brown throws something down, screams out, doesn't anyone know the meaning of Christmas anyway? It's quiet. And the spotlight shifts over to Linus. He says, I know Charlie Brown. Then he starts to read and quote the second chapter of Luke. Then, this is something I hadn't noticed before. Right when Linus gets to the words that the angel spoke to the shepherds, fear not, it's then that Linus drops his security blanket. The Carolina Blue security blanket. (laughs) And then he begins to tell the rest of the story. And he tells the Christmas story from Luke. And when he's finished, Charlie Brown goes over to his small, seemingly insignificant and lame Christmas tree, and he picks it up. But this time, he picks it up with a smile on his face. He walks out. That's not the end of the special. 
A little bit later on, they gather around this Christmas tree, and Linus actually picks up his security blanket back up after uh, Charlie Brown walks out. And I like that he picks up the security blanket because Christmas doesn't magically make our fears and hopes and insecurities disappear. There's still life to be lived. There's still some pretty terrifying things out in the world. But here's the thing. Later on, at the end of the special, Linus takes his security blanket and he wraps it at the bottom of that Christmas tree. Securing the the tree, it stands up straight and shines bright. Christmas, the hope of Christmas, the gift of Christmas, grounds our fears and hopes and insecurities in reality. Then it calls us into action, respond to it, invites us to shine bright, to reflect the grace and love of God. In this baby, in the gift of Christmas, all our fears and hopes meet tonight. Yet Christmas isn't the whole story, but rather a prelude and a foreshadowing for the rest of the story of who Jesus is and what he will be about for the rest of the story, the rest of his life. So may your fears and hopes, your questions and curiosity and wonder lead to Bethlehem. May you, like Mary, treasure all these things in your heart perhaps in November, December, January, perhaps all year round. Tonight, this room becomes a house of bread and all are welcome to the table. All are invited. Christ child in the manger, bread and wine, greets and welcomes you wherever you are, fear and hope. Amen. Thank you for listening. If there is anything that stood out for you, or if you have a question, or you just want to have a conversation, you are always free to reach out and contact us. And remember, you are not alone, and that you are loved with a love stronger than death.